every thing will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So those things that are under the earth, that are oppressing you, that are holding you down, those chains that you wear, tell them that in the name of Jesus, they will break off of you. Chains fall, fear bow, here, now, Jesus, you change everything, lives healed, hope found, here, now, Jesus, you change everything.
Nothing else. 
It's amazing what God will do in our lives when we come to that place of surrender where we just lay everything at his feet and say, God, above all else, I just want you. Above all of my other life pursuits, all the other things my heart might desire, number one, first of all, I want you. You know, right there in your homes, I just want to encourage you to take a moment and join us, all of our team right now, as we just lift our hearts and pray that prayer. Say, God, we set aside all of our agendas, all the things that we might want to come and ask you for. We set it all aside, and we just honor you and we worship you today. Would you do that right now with me right there at home? Father, we worship you today. We glorify you. And Father, we know that the first and the great commandment is to love you with everything that we have. And Father, today we do. We just lay everything at your feet. God, we ask for your presence in our lives. We ask, Father, that you would be involved in every decision that we make. We ask, Father, that every priority we have, Father, we would align it with you and your heart for us because we want you. We want you above all else. And, Father, we just worship you today for who you are, for what you are. We honor your name today, and we declare you're a wonderful Savior and a wonderful God, and we bless you today. Amen. Amen. Hey, the presence of God is so strong in his house today, and I know it's strong in your house because you've chosen to make your house his house today. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being a part of the service today, and in a few minutes you're going to hear God's word, and I guarantee you God will speak to your heart about everything going on in your life. He's here to meet with you and bless your life today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. I want to take a moment right now before we go to church news and, and just say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving in this season. There are a number of ways that you can give, and 
We're not reaching out to you right now begging for money or putting pressure on you. We're here to just say thank you for your faithfulness. And I want to share one little thing with you that we've not really shared this on a weekly basis and said much about it. But in this unusual season, because of your faithfulness and giving, we've been able to bless several ministries that are reaching literally around the world, missionaries and missions groups, uh, several thousands of dollars that you've been putting in other ministries beyond what we normally do on a regular basis. And that's happening because of your faithfulness. And one little example, uh, in the nation of India, where we've been greatly involved for several years, the ministry we work with there has had to shift gears because they travel and do a lot of itinerant ministry. They can't do that right now. But in the nation of India, when they shut the nation down because of the COVID disease, they gave the whole country four hours notice and they said in four hours we're shutting down all transportation lines nobody can move around the country we want you to shelter in place but in india there are literally millions of workers who work all over the country travel great distances for work and at that time tens of thousands of men and women were displaced away from home no way to get home no jobs no food no money right now many of those people are living in literally camps shelter camps and the government's giving them one little portion of porridge to live on every day we've been able to help one of those camps and help provide food for workers in this season and also help provide for pastors whose churches can't even meet right now so i want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving you are making a difference in our community and around the world God bless you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Now, let's watch church news together. Hello, Bridge family. We're so glad that you're joining us today for Church Online. Before we get into the message, we want to keep you up to date with what's going on with church life. We look forward to being able to meet you in person again on Sunday mornings. But until then, we are excited for the opportunity to connect with you online throughout the week. Here's a look at what's going on at the bridge, and we hope that you will join us and stay plugged in. Hey, what's going on, Bridge Church? Hope you guys are having an amazing day. I want to give you guys a couple details about our outdoor Sunday service at 6 p.m. We're going to be having an amazing worship, a short message, games, and community. Hope you guys can make it. If you guys don't feel safe to be out on the patio, on the quad, to sit on a lawn chair, you can totally sit in your cars and tune in at 88.5 FM. The experience will be just as great. And we hope to see you guys this Sunday at the bridge at 6 p.m. Love you guys and have a beautiful day. Hey church, we wanted to say thank you for your ongoing participation in our community care program. As a church, we've collected over 7,500 pounds of dry goods, canned goods, and meat. In the last several months, we've had over 135 new families sign up to receive from Community Care. Distribution happens at 11 a.m. on Sundays in the back of our church building. Just drive through and pop open the trunk, and our friendly team will load groceries for you. If you or anyone you know is in need during the season, we encourage you to come and receive at Community Care. We are here to help. We are so grateful for your response and your generosity during this unprecedented season. Together, we will continue to make a big difference right here in the Temecula Valley. What's up, Bridge Youth? Summer Camp Online kicks off this Monday, July 
13th. It's going all the way through the 17th. There is so much happening all day, Monday through Friday. We've got breakout sessions. We've got games. We've got rec. We are the black team. And every night at 7 p.m., there's going to be live services happening on SoCal Students YouTube. There's so much going on. You do not want to miss this. A bunch of amazing speakers and worship. Seriously, we know that it's different than our normal summer camp, but we believe God's going to move and amazing things are going to happen. There's no need to register individually. We've registered as a church, but some exciting news. The last day of camp on Friday, we will be hosting a live watch party here at the church. We will be in compliance with all the current regulations. So with that, we can only have a hundred or less in the room. That means the first 100 people to register will be the ones that get to come out to the live watch party experience. To register, go click the link in our bio or go to thebridgechurch.tv and hit the upcoming tab to find all the details. You can also find the schedule there along with all the other camp details if you have any questions at all. It's going to be an amazing week, Bridge Youth. Do not miss summer camp online kicking off this Monday. We love you and we'll see you there. If you want to stay up to date with everything happening in church life, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is the easiest way to get all of the info that is happening from day to day at The Bridge. You can also stay informed by downloading The Bridge app. Just text the keywords The Bridge Church app to 77977. For more general info, log on to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. If you're joining us for the first time and want to find out more about the church, we invite you to go to our website or the Bridge Church app and click on the Connect tab. There you'll find a digital Connect card where we can help you get plugged in. Just take a moment to fill it out and we'll be happy to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you have invited us into your home or your car or wherever you may be today. Thank you so much. Let's jump into God's Word today. A few weeks ago, I was driving my wife to a doctor's appointment in San Bernardino and and because of the new COVID restrictions, we, we weren't able to, to kind of go into everywhere. So I had to spend most of the day just sitting in the car with the baby while she went into the doctor's appointment. While on the way back home, we decided we needed to stop at the post office. And we needed to stop because we had some time-sensitive material we needed to get in the mail. So we stop and thinking, that, hey, this is going to be a quick process. While I'm sitting in the car with the baby and uh, I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden, I get the urge that nature is calling me. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, this isn't going to take very long. Uh, come on, you can hurry up, please. And, and thinking that this is going to be a quick process, it begins to drag out longer and longer. It took her 30 minutes in the post office. When she got in the car, I basically said, I have to go to the bathroom. So we left as quick as we could, and we headed towards the closest fast food place that we could find. And I see on the door in the fast food place, it says, no mask, no entry. So I put on my mask, and I go into the door, and as I open the door, I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to be able to go to the restroom. And as I open the door, I see another sign that says, bathrooms closed. 
And I think, wait a second, I put the mask on. You told me I could come in if I put the mask on. And then I go in and I think, well, maybe I can like sneak in. And no, they have barricaded off this bathroom with tables and chairs. Well, now I'm frustrated. I have to go to the restroom. I turn around, I open the door and I walk out and I rip my face mask off in total frustration and anger and get back in the car. As I get into the car, my wife begins to laugh at me. And she's like, if I could have caught that on camera, she's like, when you ripped off that mask, your face of frustration and anger was priceless. Now, just in case you're wondering if I ever did find a restroom, yes, I did. It was a bush outside the building. Just kidding. Hey, in preparation for today, God told me we need to learn to take the mask off. Now, before you jump to conclusions, I am not talking about COVID-19. I'm not talking about face coverings. I'm not talking about being a rebel or anything like that. I'm talking about taking the mask off to reveal the real you, to reveal your heart, to reveal your motives. Our scripture for today is Psalm 51, verse 10, which simply says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Well, why do we wear masks? We wear masks for lots of different reasons. Some of us wear masks in life because we're afraid. We're afraid that if people see the real me, maybe they're going to reject me. Or maybe they're going to criticize me or critique me. Some of us wear masks. We put on this fake persona because we think, well, this is what I'm supposed to do in this social setting. I'm supposed to look a certain way. I'm supposed to act a certain way. So I I need to do this just so you can be accepted. Some of us put on masks so that we can be appreciated or loved or valued because we think if I'm just the real me, they won't love me for who I am. They'll reject me. We live in a world that's constantly fake. We live in a world where we don't want to be our real selves. We want to hide our imperfections. We want to hide our insecurities and we want to pretend to be something more. We live in a selfie world. Social media runs rampant every day, but here's the problem. We live in a selfie world and we take selfies, but we don't reveal ourselves. We reveal something that's posed something that's filtered, something that's edited, something that's perfected. Now, you may think, well, that's not true. Yes, it is true. Think of how many times you've taken a picture and you're trying to take a picture and it's like, well, nope, let me get the right angle so we hide my double chin here. Oh, let me get the right lighting so we don't get the shadows on my face or it makes me look skinnier. Or we do all these things to make ourselves look better than we are. On Father's Day, my family, we we decided to take some pictures and maybe you've done this where your family's together and the moments leading up to that picture can be quite chaotic, especially if you have young children. 
Maybe your children aren't looking in the right direction or the sun's in their eyes or they're just not feeling like smiling. And so you start to say, look at the picture. Look at the camera. Smile now. Ah! And everyone's trying to pretend that everything's happy and fun and, and everything's going right. And, and, and in between, everyone is doing this or that. And it's like, wait a second. Where's the reality? Well, on Father's Day, we took a picture and, and we had that chaotic moment right before. And we didn't show any of that. We showed the highlight where we all smiled with the perfect angle, with the perfect lighting. And in that situation, what was so funny to me is as I was holding our our newborn, my daughter was standing in front of me. And right after we caught that perfect picture, he spit up all over my daughter who's standing underneath me and she had throw up down her hair. That's reality. Do we portray reality or are we living in a pretend world. There are many types of masks that people wear. And some of these masks are actually good. But it's not about being good. It's about the motive behind the mask. Because what's the mask for? Because we want it to be genuine. We want it to be authentic. We want it to be pure. The first mask that I'm going to look at today is the mask of righteousness. We put on a mask of righteousness, but underneath it, maybe there's really a heart of pride. In Luke 18, verse 9, it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So here's the story. Two men go into a temple, but with two completely different motives. The Pharisee, who's supposed to be the righteous one, who's supposed to be the holy one, goes in there with this pompous attitude of, look at me. And he sees around and says, oh, I'm so glad I'm better than that person. And I'm not like that sinner. And I'm not like that one. And I'm not like that one. And I'm not like that one. Oh, and especially that tax collector over there. And just by the way, God, if you happen to forget, I do fast twice a week. And, oh, I do give a tenth of all I get. You see, the Pharisee had the wrong motive. He wasn't trying to be righteous. He was actually being prideful. It's not about you. So when you're trying to be righteous, are you trying to point somebody towards you or are you trying to point them towards Christ? A lot of times we live in a world where it's look at me, everybody. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. I'm doing something good. I'm giving. I'm doing a good deed. I'm walking the little old lady across the street. I gave to the church. I went on that mission trip. I did this. Oh, look at me. It's not about looking at you. Remember, we're not supposed to be human doings. We're human beings. So who are you being? And are you being genuine? Contrast that with the tax collector. In verse 
13, and the tax collector, he stands at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. What a deep contrast. This tax collector barely wants to enter the building because he's ashamed and he doesn't feel worthy. And as he steps in, he doesn't want to even look up to God because he doesn't feel worthy because he knows the weight of his own sin. And he cries out, God, I know I'm sinful, but please forgive me. You see, it's all about the motive. It's about your heart. When we take off the mask, what do we reveal underneath? Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The next mask that I want to talk about today is a mask of honor. It sounds like a great thing. But if we take that mask off, what's really the motive behind it? Is it a heart of judgment? In John chapter 8, starting in verse 2. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. So here the story is that the Pharisees, they're trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to pretend to be honorable and, and be upright. And, and, and they bring this woman in and, and they come in and they say, look, we caught her in the act of adultery. The law says that we are to stone her. But you see, they're really not telling the whole truth. Because in reality, the law actually said the man and the woman who were caught in the act of adultery should be stoned, not just the woman. And oh, by the way, how did they catch her in the act of adultery? Was it perhaps because it was another Pharisee that was with her? Why didn't they bring the guy into the story? They also were trying to trick Jesus because they knew if he said, well, yes, you should stone her, that that actually went against the Roman law. You see, because the Jews were living under Roman captivity and they had a law that said Jews could not execute their own people. And so if he did that, then they were going to take him before the Roman people and say, look, Jesus, he's not following the rules. You guys need to punish him. They were trying to get rid of Jesus. So as they've asked, what do you say? Should you stone her? We continue on and it says, Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now, people have wondered, well, what was Jesus writing on the ground? And it's speculation. We don't really know. But some people think perhaps Jesus was writing on the ground the sins of the Pharisees that were there. 
You see, sometimes we're so quick to judge others when we haven't even taken a close look at our own hearts, our own motives. I think of children who are trying to tattletale on each other. And, you know, I have three kids and and my two older ones, they will play outside and then all of a sudden something happens and one comes in and they'll be like, Mommy, Daddy, well, you, you, you know, this person, they did this wrong, so punish them. Is that really the right heart and the right motive to be a tattletale on everybody else? Or are they just trying to put the other person down so they can make themselves look good? Mommy or daddy, look, I'm the good person here. I did it the right way, but they did it the wrong way. You may be thinking, well, that doesn't happen in church. Yeah, it does. Maybe you've been in a situation where somebody says, hey, you know, is there any prayer requests, something that we could pray for? And something that should have been honorable, something that should have been genuine, something that should have been authentic, where someone says, yes, I'd like to pray for this person. Yes, I'd like to pray for Sandra today. Oh, okay, well, why do you want to pray for Sandra? Well, you know, Sandra, she really needs the Lord today. Uh, She is struggling with addiction Uh, she is having problems in her marriage. Uh, She shows up late to work every single day, and she just really needs the Lord. You see, it's really about our heart. We can turn something honorable, something good, into something wrong because of our motives. It's not wrong to pray for people, But it's wrong to use that prayer as a gossip time to try to put someone else down to make yourself look better. You never look good trying to make someone else look bad. The third mask I want to talk about today is the mask of generosity. But if we take off the generosity and we look behind it, would we really see a heart of comparison? or a heart of trying to impress other people. There's a story in Acts chapter 5. There's a man and a wife, and the husband's name is, is Ananias, and the wife's name is Sapphira, and they sold a piece of property, and they bring the profit from this to the disciples. Now, in the early church, something amazing was happening. People were selling their possessions left and right, and basically bringing the money together, and then they were offering the money to help anyone who was in need. And as they were doing this, it was amazing because all the needs were being met. Now, in previous times that I have read this and studied this, I missed something. Right before the story of Ananias and Sapphira, it mentions a man by the name of Joseph in chapter 4. And it says that Joseph sold a piece of property, And he brought all of it to the disciples' feet. This was an an acknowledgement of how amazing this was, this thing that he had done. How such a selfless and generous act that he had done. One verse later, we're introduced to Ananias and Sapphira, who were trying to one-up the other people. Maybe you've tried to do this before. Well, you got a 65-inch TV? Well, I got a 138-inch TV. 
You're trying to one-up. You're trying to impress the other people. You're trying to look better than you really are. So Ananias and Sapphira, they sell a piece of property. They bring it before the prophet. They bring it before the disciples. And as they bring it before the disciples, they present it to them. But the issue is that they lied about it. They didn't bring all of it. They said they brought all of it. Now, it was theirs to give. They could have brought however much they decided to. But the fact is, is that they wanted to look good in other people's eyes. And so they said, well, we gave it all. And the story goes on that Peter calls them out and said, no, this isn't really you giving them all. This isn't really you being generous. You're actually lying right now. And the story goes on that they were struck dead. You see, there's a right way and a wrong way to be generous. A few years ago, somebody came to me and they said, hey, God has told me that I need to bless this family. And I said, oh, okay, well, what can I do to help you in that? And they said, look, I want to give them a large sum of money, but I don't want them to know that it's coming from me. I don't want any credit. I don't want any thanks. I don't want any applause. I don't want anybody to know, but I want it to make sure that it gets to them. Can you make sure that it gets to them? Now, this person didn't just give me $20 to give to somebody. They gave me $2,000 to give to this family. And they did it the right way. It wasn't so that they could have everyone say, look at me, look how amazing I am. Or so that they could go tell all their friends and be like, look, I did this, or look, I did that. Yeah, look at me. No, they did it with a heart of sincerity, a heart that was authentic, and their motive was pure. Back to our main text for today. Psalm 51, 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That first word, create, it means to shape. It means to form. When you were saying create, you're actually giving God permission to shape you, to mold you, and in some instances to actually break you or break something off of you so that you're in the right form. Create in me a clean heart. That word clean, it means to be pure. If you've ever tried to clean something before, it's not always a fun process because you're trying to remove the dirt or the grime or the, the, this, the impurities of something. And it's not always fun, but to make it pure, to make it clean, you have to go through that process. Well, when we invite Christ in, we say, create in me a clean heart. You are inviting him in to purify you. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, people have used a process of what's called the refiner's fire. They use this in precious metals where they actually will heat the metal up so much that the impurities, the dirt, the grime, the rocks, the things will start to come to the surface. So if you were doing this with gold, all the little things would start to come up to the top and then a person would come and kind of skim the top off and take off those impurities. 
When you ask God to create in you a clean heart, you are giving God permission to break you and remove those impurities, those false motives, those masks, to reveal the pure you. With gold, when we take out the impurities, we're left with something that's beautiful, something that's precious. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to be beautiful just the way that he has created us to be, to get rid of the impurities, the false motives. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew. That word renew means to fix or to mend. You're allowing God to come in and adjust and alter who you are because you may be doing the right things. But we're not called human doings. We're called human beings. Who has God called you to be? He's called you to be like him, to imitate him to the world. And he is holy. He is pure. So therefore, we are to be holy and pure. Now, you may think, well, pastor, you know, I've been in church for 60 years, and that's great. But did you know you don't ever arrive in your faith? It's not a one-stop process and you say a prayer one day and you're done. It's a continual process where you are trying to become more and more like Christ on a daily basis. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That word right means to stand Upright, it means to be steadfast in who you are, in your morals, in the things that you are doing. When you say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, you are giving God control and saying, God, I want to run everything that I am through you. Help me to see the things that I need to let go of. Help me to move those false motives to the side. Help me to show the world who you are because you are pure, because you are lovely. You know, as a pastor, when you prepare for a message, you often, always actually, you should be thinking of yourself. Well, what does this mean to me? And this week as I've prepared and I've thought about, well, what are the masks that I need to remove in my own life. Things like pride come up or, or, or things like false humility come up and I, I got to move those things to the side so I can let God shine through me. You know, as a preacher, we come up here and, and we're here to preach. We're here to show and lead people to Christ. But did you know that I can actually do that with wrong motives? I could do the right things with the wrong motives because I could get up here and I could be like, hey, I'm so entertaining. I like to sing. I like to move. I have a lot of facial animation and I'm trying to point people to me instead of pointing them to God. You see, because it's not about me. It's about God. I'm not trying to lead you to me. I'm trying to lead you to God. But every time I preach, I have to ask myself, am I trying to promote myself or am I trying to promote the God that I serve? Am I trying to take the good news of his unconditional love to the end of the earth? On a daily basis, I have to ask God, help me purify my motives 
I don't want to just be someone who does something good. I want to be good like you are good, God. As we wrap up today, you may be thinking, well, what am I supposed to do with this? My challenge to you is simple. Begin to say this scripture on a daily basis, Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And as you go about your daily business, see God in all that you do. Show God in all that you do. Let his holiness, his purity shine through you. Take a closer look at your heart. Take a closer look at your motives and say, God, strip off those things that need to be taken off of me. If it's false humility, take it off. God, if I need to get rid of judgment, then help remove judgment from me. God, if I need to get rid of trying to impress others or trying to one-up others, help me to remove those things to show the real you. Maybe you're watching today and you've never even asked Jesus into your heart and you're like, whoa, I'm not really sure how to do this. Well, that very first story I told you where a tax collector had walked into a church and it said that he actually stood at a distance because he felt like he didn't belong. He felt unworthy. It actually said that he didn't even look up, that he, with his head low, he cried out to the Lord. You see, there is a false reality out there that you have to be pure and that you have to be perfect before you ever can come into a church. That you have to be pure or perfect or have done enough good things for God to accept you. But when you look in the scripture, it actually shows that he is just so excited that you've shown up. The other stuff, we can deal with that in the process. But he wants you the way you are. He loves you unconditionally. And so if you're hearing this message today, know that God loves you and he has a place for you. Do you have a place for him in your heart? I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a simple prayer with me today. So if that's you today, just repeat after me or, or just inwardly pray this with me. Dear God, I need you. I am a sinner. I'm not perfect. I need you to save me, to rescue me, to show me how to live. And God, I want to spend my days trying to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, right now in heaven, there literally is a party going on. They are so thrilled. They are so excited that you have made that decision to follow Christ. But this is just the beginning. It's a lifelong journey. At the end of the message today, 
They're going to give you some, some tips and, and, and some resources, a tool that we've created called the next seven days to help you on your journey. I would encourage you, look at the link. Click on that, that you want that so that you can begin your faith journey and walk in the ways that God has put before you. Church, I know this message may have been difficult to hear today, but it's time for us to take off the mass of hypocrisy. It's time for us to take off what we may think is good so we can get to the inner self, remove the impurities, and so it stops being just the things that we do, but we become who God has created us to be, and he's created us to be his people, to be good. So would you pray with me and allow God to reveal to you the things that maybe you need to let go of? God, I ask that right now in this moment, you show to us those impurities, those false motives. God, help us not just to do the right things, but help us to be good. Lord, whether it's false humility, whether it's pretending like we love people when we really hate people, whether it's pretending like we forgive others when we really harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart. Lord, if it's judgment, help strip us of judgment, Lord, so we can be a better witness to others around us and God to recognize our own sinful nature. Lord, we want to spend our days our years, our moments, our life with you, trying to become more like you, trying to be holy like you are, trying to be pure like you are. So God, we give you permission to create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we love you and God bless you. Thanks again for joining us today for Church Online at the Bridge. If you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time or you decided to rededicate your life, we want to help you begin your journey of faith. And we have a free gift that we want to give you called The Next 7 Days. It's a simple tool that will help you take your next steps with God. If you'd like to get it, just direct message us on Facebook or Instagram with the words Next 7. You can also click on the link right there in the platform that you are watching from. We will be happy to connect with you and get you this free gift to help you get started. We're so glad that you made this life-changing decision. So once again, congratulations and thanks so much for being with us today. We hope to see you tonight at our outdoor service at 6 p.m. right here on the plaza at the bridge. Have a great Sunday and a wonderful week.